Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein, and today I'm delighted to have Asha Ketty, Corporate Vice President and General Manager of Next Generation Standards at Intel. Welcome to the program, Asha. This is your first time on. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here. So, Asha, why don't we just start, since you haven't been on the program before, with an introduction of you and your background at Intel, what your team is focused on today. Sounds good. The team name is Next Generation Tech and Standard, but essentially what it means is it's a very technology-oriented group, and we try to define what happens next. And this takes on three different forms. One of it is around standards, as the name implies, and that is an important area where we need things to be interoperable both in the networking world and in the devices world so that things can scale. And this involves a lot of policy-related work and working with an international consortia. Another one is developing the technology so that we actually have inventions on the standards and other areas and can help accelerate how Intel thinks about the future. In this, we develop a lot of technology trials that we work with the Intel business units and also with the standards team. And the third area is around looking towards the future, how these get used, what are the unfulfilled needs we meet. And so we have a team that does the trials with the technology we've developed and also gets the feedback towards the POCs and the businesses and the use cases that we may develop. You know, Asha, I started ChipChat over a decade ago. And the reason why I started it was to bring interviews to folks about the research that Intel technologists were driving to create the futures. I feel like we're coming back to the roots of this program with this episode. Let's just start with standards and talk about why standards are so important in the tech arena and how they push us forward faster as an industry. So the reason standards are important in the communications area is because we expect them to continuously work, whether you're driving or whether you're in a different city or internationally. And now that we are living in a world and we are headed towards what I like to say a mobile and intelligent connected society, we expect everything to be connected. This means things have to work with different heterogeneous devices, the networks have to function and all, and scale. And that's why standards are important. There's traditional standards bodies in communications like 3GBP, Bluetooth, IEEE. There's also a lot of complementary things that happen on open source. And all of these together ensure that we meet the requirements of the different heterogeneous companies and the use cases and all, and we create a common baseline. This allows us to scale. Having said that, It is also important in any standards efforts to ensure that there is enough room left for differentiation, and Mm -hmm. we allow the companies that work on the standards to differentiate. From an Intel point of view, the standardization is important because one of our core missions is around delighting and solving our customer needs and enhancing people's lives. And with these inventions, it gives us a means to actually get these propagated in the industry. It also allows us to be a way where we can ensure that we have IPR leadership. You know, I think that you just described the importance of those communication standards working. I think we've seen how that plays out in our lives over the last few months, how critical networks are 
to our continued functioning during this hard time. And it just speaks to the efforts of this industry to deliver technology that can be depended on to scale when we need it to. When you look at 5G from that landscape, you know, people have talked about the opportunity of 5G quite a bit and how it will transform the way data is moved and the way services are delivered. But what is it going to take to commercialize 5G and really tap the full value of what was intended as the industry gathered and wrote those specifications? So, Allison, the first thing I'd start by saying, let's go back a step and look at what the vision of 5G was built on. It was exceptionally ambitious, and it was around creating a fully mobile, intelligent, connected society. That meant there were various different efforts around smart cities or IoT. There were various efforts around real-time critical systems. And then there was the good old, let's do more of the same, like enhanced mobile broadband, right? Like our phones and videos and all. Each of these is very complex. And as we look at how things are progressing, people think of 5G has arrived barely. It's the beginning of the beginning. If you look at the standardization, most of the real-time systems or the reliability standards will come about in release 16, and that process hasn't been done yet. That means it'll roll out in a couple of more years. And so if I look at the standards landscape, all we have released is the backwards compatibility to the phones. And now we're really focused on how do we bring the same technologies to the industries and to the businesses. So that's the first thing I'd like to say. The second thing I'd like to say is that you hear things around AI, edge, and even, you know, quote-unquote 6G. A lot of this is because when we started working, up until now, we used to talk about bits per second and all of these words like, you know, frequency bands and all. But when we start working with industries and cities and all, they bring their own use cases and things. And when you combine them with the power of personalization and customization to each of those businesses, those verticals said, hey, 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 wait a minute. We want to help you tell you what you need to help design for us. So they are starting to feed requirements into the 3GPP process. And with that, we are starting to understand how the businesses work so much more, not just the comm service provider. So we have to incorporate all of these and work towards enabling smart cities, healthcare, industry 4.0, all these intersects. So those are the things that come next. And last but not least, because of AI and because of the ambitious nature of um, 5G, um, when we integrate it with different things like compute, the different countries around the world or even the different cities have different needs. For example, the traffic patterns in Portland is very different than the traffic pattern in New York City. And some of the uses we have in a rural area around smart agriculture is different from, you know, something that I might need in Portland. So it means that we have to look at these requirements. And when we talk about the rolling out of 5G, it means it will roll out. And what is 5G will look completely different across all of these areas. Intel is also very involved in networks. And the networks have to be able to roll out before the standards get, you know, implemented on devices. And from that point of view, we have begun the process of rolling out all these networks in anticipation of the changes that are coming. You mentioned that Intel is involved in network, and I think that that really has formed a foundation of how we're contributing 
to drive 5G forward. Can you talk a little bit about our efforts in that space and what you're seeing in the market in terms of Intel technology integration? Whenever I think about Intel and networks, it's actually a very exciting journey because Intel was a visionary here. The journey started about 10 years ago when the pioneers at Intel saw the trend to go from fixed function and precision architectures to more general purpose. This meant that we could do many things on general purpose compute with dedicated accelerators and things like that. And also, it meant that we could enable software and we could enable the services to reach the consumer very, very quickly. It wasn't that long ago that you would have to have like certified engineers climb up and down the tires and servicing the base stations was actually very challenging. And something as simple as push to talk would take six months to roll out. Uh-huh. All of that is now the past. Now what we're seeing is the same revolution that we started with from a compute and comms point of view is evolving into more and more open networks with things like virtualization. This virtualization journey that started in the core is now moving towards what we call the access part for the radio access networks. And this allows us to essentially take the same goodness and allow more and more vendors to come in and be able to interoperate. All of this is based on CGPP with also software that is more open source that allows us to enable these networks to come to life. From an Intel point of view, we play in all aspects of the network. In many ways, I think we are the glue that helps all of this run. What do I mean by that? First of all, there's compute, and there's various forms of compute, which we all know that powers the cloud and powers the devices and the core networks and all of it. There's also FPGAs, which essentially are flexible programmable arrays, where you can use that to accelerate programmability where you need, for example, forward error correction codes or things like that. We have a wide portfolio of connectivity and optical equipment, including networks and switches. We have ASICs that we build that go into like base stations for more precision purpose activities. And we also combine all of these by having a heavy effort on standards and a very heavy effort even on software and open source efforts, all of these come together to form a glue. I also have to say that we don't restrict ourselves to 5G. We do a lot of things on optical, Wi-Fi, and other technology areas, including good old Ethernet. All of these together mean that we are at the very core and the foundation of how networks are deployed, how they are run, and how they are used. Now, I think that in 2020, nobody would have guessed that we were in the arena that we find ourselves in, Asha, and I know that you and I have talked about this before. We've learned a lot about the deployment of technology during this time as different requirements have become much more acute for our customer base, but how has this affected the evolution of technology, and do you see any relation to headwinds for the broader deployment of 5G in this space? I think... If I look at what is happening, everybody is relying more on networks right now because we are living during a pandemic. So if you look at it, the unsung heroes right now are also the network providers because they've really had to take on a lot more load. So if you look at it, the network loads and all are increasing because everybody's working from home. Having said that, 
we have faced limitations in the way we work, right? For example, we can't do all video calls, or I can't even sing and dance because of some of the latency because we don't have the capacity. So definitely, when we look at a post-world, we will be looking at more hybrid models of how things get done. Many companies are saying that they are going to allow many people to work from home forever, right? That way they can hire people from around the world. At the same time, there is an economic impact to all of this. So there's a cost issue on how, while there's a need, how will the economy recover and how much money is there to accelerate all of this? Many countries around the world, U.S. included, are giving innovations to accelerate a lot of the network deployments or to accelerate things that help us not have a recession or depression during the pandemic. So when you combine all of these things together, my vision of the future is there will be a lot of emphasis on networks, but it will also be a bit of a different emphasis. There will be a lot more emphasis around capacity, reliability, and not having it go down will be super important. Security will be a very big aspect, as we have already seen. So these aspects of the networks will take a larger hold. And also, how can I teach kids and what can we do to healthcare and all? So I see all of these coming in. Some of the bigger unknowns relate to policy and how much the governments will help over here. And also, there is an almost expectation for comm service providers where people now are starting to treat them as a necessity. And that has its implications, too. Now, we started this interview talking about how your team was focused on the future. I obviously know that you're thinking ahead beyond just 5G. What do you see as the next opportunity for the industry to innovate on a foundation of 5G technology? We are at the beginning of the beginning of 5G. And the best of 5G has not yet been released because, you know, it's being standardized. A lot of this revolves around the ability to have huge bandwidth with real-time capability, where your latency is a millisecond or so. Another one is around reliability, or 99.999%, which is very challenging for a wireless technology. This means in a lot of places, we can do the equivalent of cutting wires. So... Based on 5G, and if I have the ability to start cutting wires and not needing to drill holes, for example, and do all of the connections, I can start replacing a lot of wireless connections to things I would do. Now, with wireless, you get a lot more flexibility. And with these kind of latency and reliability, you can start connecting more than you've ever connected, for example, in an industry floor or in a healthcare system. It means that you can rearrange these connections also based on the load and capacity. For example, what is the load in that particular industry? Like if I have many more urgent care patients right now, how do I deal with that versus less serious or more serious patients, right? So if I look at all of these combined and I look at some other technologies that are coming right now around edge, which is essentially you need the compute right there around privacy. For example, my healthcare, I want it customized to me, so around how we use AI to personalization and customization of the human and also the businesses. All of these combined make it like where we are at an inflection, where we are looking at how do we redesign and rethink these systems to provide services to consumers and people. So in other words, I can't wait to see when you combine all of these how we can actually transform how 
different segments of business happen like healthcare like schooling like production and factory floors or even good old it one last trend i do want to say is that when i take good old it we don't really have telephony separate from data and all so if you look at all the data everything is packets and so it, the it ict voice everything is packets and now the challenge is to make sure that based on 5g and based on this flexibility we actually process the data so it's useful to the people that are using it and consuming it that makes a lot of sense asha i can't wait to have you back on as your team continues to make progress in this space so that you can share more about your vision in the meantime i would love for you to point us to where folks can get more information about what intel is doing in the 5g arena and to connect with you and your team for more information i'd welcome you to go to intel.com/5g and also i'm on twitter at ashakedi fantastic well thank you so much for your time today it's been a real delight thank you allison visit chipchat online at intel.com/chipchat and for more information on data center technologies visit intel.com/bigdata intel.com/cloud and intel.com/data center optimization 